1: Well, if you've been with us in the last uh, couple of weeks, you'll know that uh, we are celebrating the season of Advent. It's the season in our church calendar where we, uh, we come to, towards Christmas and build this sense of anticipation and hope and expectation as we celebrate Jesus' coming. We look back to his first coming when he was born all those years ago. We acknowledge his presence with us today, now. And we also look forward to when he comes again. And that and in an Advent, we sort of hold all of those things together, which is quite a precious thing. Now, hopefully you would have seen or received our Advent booklet. What we've done this year is actually lent into a tradition of having uh, an Advent wreath. And I know that some of you uh, have been building these and creating these at home. I just heard just before the service of someone who actually um, took their Advent wreath to Toastmasters this week and shared that whole thing with them, lit the candle, and uh, and the, and it was really well received, wasn't it? Um, and for many people, they'd never seen or experienced anything like that. And it gives us an opportunity to be able to lean into the four themes of Advent, which the first two were peace and hope, and you'll find out on the info table. If you want the booklet, we've actually just run out this morning, but you can find it on the website, and we can... Um, get some more printed for next Sunday, but you'll also find on the info table and on the website some weekly reflections on the different themes that we've had. So we've had peace, we've had hope, and this week, surprise, surprise, joy. Now, in Nehemiah, in the Old Testament, we're told that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, if you're anything like me, you might be thinking, okay, that sounds awesome. How do I get that? How do we receive the joy of the Lord? How do we get the strength that that offers us? This is not recognizing my face. It's just me, the face you see every day. Um, but in Psalm 16, there's this great reminder of where it is that we actually find the source of joy. In Psalm 16:11, it says, You make known to me the path of life, and in your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. It's in God's presence that we find joy. And so I'm going to ask my trusty assistant if he would come and light the candles for us. So we're going to light the last two. So remembering Jesus is our peace. He is our hope. So there's peace. Well done. I was just thinking that you're trying to do that and a mic and everything. was just like a bridge too far. It's all right. We've got hope. We've got peace. Any minute now is joy. Thanks, Stanley. And so I wonder if you'd join me. um, On the back of this week's reflection, I have a piece of scripture there. And uh, let's just pray this as our prayer for this week. So, Lord, we come, we remember that this is a season of remembering Jesus and the fact that he is our peace, he is our hope, and he is our joy. And, God, we want to be in your presence in every way that we can possibly be. Lord, would you make us aware of how to be in your presence, the places that we can notice you this week as we go through our week. And we ask for the gift of joy that you promise us. And so we lean into that piece of scripture in Romans, chapter 15, verse 13, where it tells us that may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that he may overf- you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we ask that for ourselves And for those that we encounter this week, Lord, that we wouldn't just receive your joy, but that we would be carriers of your joy, that we can give that away to everyone we meet in the week and the weeks to come. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, it is my pleasure to hand over to my wonderful husband, Matt. And uh, he's going to take us into our second installment of our Advent series. And uh, do you want to help me with this? Oh, you can do that. All right tag team. I'll leave, you'll have him.
0: All right, hello everyone. Christmas, eh? You know that song that uh, you often hear at farmers and different places in the mall, you know, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And um, some, like half the time you feel like that, eh? And the other half it's like a bit stressful. Um, you know, then it'll be happy again and then busy and then fun and then tiring and anyone feel a little bit like that yeah uh, it is so but I mean it's our hope and prayer really that coming to church on a on a Sunday over this month is is a real uh, place of peace for you a place where you can just just lift off some of the the load and uh, worship together with with God's people uh, meet some good people and uh, and be stirred in your faith so that's my my hope and prayer for us over this month so and a big part of that is to is to just make sure that we don't forget as god's people we don't forget what christmas is all about um, it seems more and more that um, jesus is being sort of plucked out of christmas and Put over to the side somewhere. and uh, But I love those songs we've sung this morning. Just remembering that Christmas is about the coming of the King. The King, the rescuer, the saviour, God in the flesh came to bring life for everyone, for all of us. And uh, that's what Christmas is all about. You know, celebrating the coming of the King and the life and the everlasting life that uh, that that means for all of us. That's good, eh? Yeah, that's good. Let's just pray as we as we kick in. We're looking doing this series uh, called a fresh look at Christmas. But I'd love to pray for us. Just just encourage you, open your heart to what God would have for you this morning. Father, we do welcome Your Holy Spirit here. and and working in our lives this morning. God, we open our hearts to you. We we invite you to speak to us. God, we welcome your your comfort. We welcome your encouragement. We welcome your peace and your hope and your joy. We pray specifically this morning, God, that you would plant your words into, into our lives. Because your words are the words of life. Let this not just be about being here and listening. Let this be about you planting things in our hearts that bring life. Amen. Alright, so a fresh look at Christmas. You ready? Last week, Jacinda did a fantastic job kicking off looking at a look at Christmas through the eyes of Mary. And uh, interesting, she's had a number of people come up to her over the uh, the week and saying like, wow, you sort of forget that Mary was just a real person. You know, this young girl and all these things happened to her around Christmas. And uh, So today we're going to look at Christmas through the eyes of Joseph, Mary's fiance. Okay, we've got a picture of them. There they are. Just um, very fortunate to have a picture of Joseph and Mary there. Um, so this morning, I'm not going to read from the Bible. I'm just going to tell the story from the Bible. that makes sense? It's Matthew chapter 1 and 2, Luke chapter 1 and 2. The, these Matthew and Luke are two of the Gospels, the stories of Jesus. And uh, I'm just going to tell Joseph's story. So, when we read Mary's side of the story, we see this girl and teenage girl. They say, probably in that culture at that time, you know, the young girls um, would get married between maybe 13 to 17. So, anyone got a 13, 17 year old girl? Yeah, scary, eh? Scary, thinking about that. Yes. And she's in Galilee in northern Israel. And she's excited. Just in the talked last week about, there's this, there's this song that just flowed out of her when she uh, encountered the, uh, the angel and was told, you are going to be the one that is going to bring the Messiah, the Savior, the rescuer into the world. Joseph's a little bit more... Sober about the whole thing. <laughs> Joseph, let's look at it from Joseph's side of things this morning. So we read that Joseph was engaged to Mary, to be married. And Mary would become the mother of Jesus. Joseph, maybe, you know, a couple of years older, maybe, still a teenager. And uh, so you get these Teenagers, um, you know, feels young, doesn't it? Feels young. Um, And especially, like, if you've got teenagers, just think about them getting married. It's like, feels young. Think about that getting married. They're going to probably become parents pretty soon. Not a lot of... The only contraception they had back then was abstinence, and that's not going to happen with married teenagers. It's like, just, just saying... So they're going to be parents pretty quick. And it's like, man, this is. Anyway, we heard we got these two kids in the middle of this big story. And, and these are good kids. Okay, These are good kids. As we heard last week, the angel Gabriel visited Mary. And it's what the angel Gabriel said to her. You have found favor with God. Mary's a good girl. And Joseph's a good guy as well, and and he wants to do life right, which which we all discover, and we, so we read that that he's uh, he becomes a carpenter. Hard to know if he's doing that at that stage or or not. Probably, um, you know, it's a relatively low profile job compared to a politician or a priest or or a teacher. Um, just a good you know good solid tradie, and. Uh, so, And he, he probably wasn't the, the ducks of his school or, you know, the head boy of his school, but he was a direct descendant of King David, so that gave him some kudos. So that was uh, something, a big tick. And so he's probably absolutely stoked that he is engaged to marry such a great girl. He probably can't believe his luck. A girl who's just got a heart to live well and serve God and do right how did I get so lucky? Now, she's a bit out of my league, but she's my girl. Life is good. And you know, the engagement's rolling along and Mary comes to Joseph. Hey, hey, I've got something I need to talk to you about. She's very excited. and She says, I'm pregnant. And I know this is 2,000 years ago, but Joseph knows how girls get pregnant. And and he knows that he wasn't involved. As we heard last week, Mary conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. Massive, unexpected challenge thrown into Joseph's life. I mean, guys, how would we respond if our girlfriend or fiance said she was pregnant and we hadn't slept together? I mean, how would you? How would you respond? Like, like this is this is a real thing. I'm sure that many of us would do what Joseph decided to do. He said, "I'm, I'm, I'm calling it off." You know, it's like, Mary, you seem like such a great girl. You seem like such a great girl, and I'm like, I, I guess I was wrong. And this is just this is just too big a thing for me to get over. I can't spend my life with you. You've been with another guy, and 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 to make it worse, you've come up with this crazy story. Like, an angel visited you, telling you that God will make you pregnant? It's Like, like whatever. Like, I thought this was going to be so different. But, you know, as we said earlier, like, Joseph's, Joseph's a good guy in a tough situation. He's a guy that wants to do right, wants to live right, wants to honor God. And he's got this situation. Now, he's entitled in that culture to make a big public statement and go, it's off and it's her fault. I'm good, she's not. Like, he's entitled to do that. But he's like, he's a good guy. He doesn't want to um, to embarrass Mary, wants to minimize Mary's disgrace. And just call off everything as quietly as possible. So he's trying to figure out what to do, how to do this. A teenager with a heavy heart and shattered hopes. And in the midst of all this, Joseph has an encounter with God. In the midst of the turmoil, the, the emotions, the disappointment, the confusion. He has an encounter with God. He has a dream. You know, there are dreams, like uh, most people have dreams. But there are dreams that you wake up from and you just know that this is something different. This is something about this dream is important. Has anyone ever had like a dream like that where you just like wake up and you think like, there's something about this? Anyone? That's a lot of hands. It just just feels different. You can just remember it clearly. Like, I've looked into dreams a little bit. Like, when you dream, you the activity that's happening is, happens in a different part of your brain than your normal thinking part, like when you're conscious, and there's something about that that it doesn't drop into your memory because it's, I think the way the brain's wired is it's that you can only carry so much stuff in your memory. Imagine if all your dreams were in there as well as just your regular stuff, so your brain's actually not wired to remembered dreams. But, but if you wake up and then you like write it down, you're writing it down and because you write it down, it goes into a different part of the brain. It does go into your memory. Or if you you go over it and you wake up and you go over it and over it very quickly. Have you ever woken up thought like, Oh, in the morning in the morning I'll write that dream down, because then you go back to sleep again. And then in the morning it's like I thought I had a good dream almost. You know, so anyway, just a little bit about dreams. There's something about dreams that some dreams are just the, the, they're meant to be remembered. And as people that are believers, God will use our dreams as a way to speak to us. It can be a little bit tricky because like, you've got to figure out like, what is he trying to say and what does it mean and what do I do with it. And, but there are some dreams you just wake up, you know that there's something important about it and there's an urgency about it or an importance, even a sense of like, like power or life or it's infused with the supernatural And I know that this is the 21st century, and we've got smartphones, and we've got the internet, and we've got neutral bullets, you know, all the key things in life. So, but still, God will still speak to us through dreams. I'd encourage you guys take notice if you wake up and you feel there's something about this. It's not superstition, it's not wishful thinking. God is real. That people that have spoken to me, and, and so I just woke up in the middle of the night and I just felt just fearful for my, you know, for one of my kids, and I just prayed. And then they hear at it, that exact time that they were in a, you know, they just missed getting hit by a car, or or they were in this dangerous situation that they thought was going to go really bad, and it all worked out okay. So, just anyway, anyway, we'll get back on to the story here. Just just don't discount those kind of dreams. Joseph has a dream. And an, in the dream, an angel appears to him. That's a good sign eh, that it might be a God thing, as if in your dream an angel appears. So. Um, and the angel in the dream says, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Her pregnancy really is divinely conceived, as she told you. She will give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Because he will save people from their sins. Joseph, he woke up and he knew that this was one of those dreams. That God had spoken to him. And so he went and saw Mary and said, I believe you. We're we're back on. We're back on. The marriage is back on. I believe you. I remember hearing this story as as a kid and thinking, Oh, this is so cool. Like, Jesus was, like, conceived, like, you know, like, 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 like God, you know, it was, it was, but that was before I knew how people got pregnant, you know, like, when I was like and uh, I, and, you know, like, this is actually really complicated, this is really complicated, and, like, life can get complicated, can't it, like, life can have things thrown at us that we don't expect. We have our plans and something interrupts them. Is anyone planning any overseas trips this year? We were planning on doing something and it was like we first started getting news that the northern part of Italy were like locking down and like what the locking down? And then, before you know it, it was like, you know, the whole world was locking down. And that's had an effect on all of us this year. I'm all like, every one of us will have had to have changed something this year. Like students, like, like all of your, you know, your lecturers and your teachers are like, and and you have all been affected. Everyone said they like, how are we going to do it? Do learning this year, businesses, jobs homeschooling, just so much is, uh, has been uh, interrupted this year. But even apart from this year, you know, we, we can lose our job. It's like, wow, well, that wasn't in the plan. We, You know, our, our partner could get sick or we could get sick. That wasn't in the plan. And And it's very common that a response to something that throws out our plans is to go, how can I fix this? Like like Joseph. Hey, how can I fix this? I mean as 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 guys, I know that a lot of us are like, you yeah, know, that's that's our kind of go to way. Eh? It's alright, let me just fix this. We have been placed on earth to fix things. the thing is that God has plans in every situation. Now, Joseph, his fix, but like remember, he's a good guy. He's just thinking, I, I want to do right. And I think the right thing to do here is to call the call wedding off, call the marriage off. But God had plans in the midst of the interruption that were plans for good. And it's so important that for us, when we get those kind of interruptions, that instead of rushing to go, how can we fix this? is just to stop and pause and say, God, what's going on here? Have you got something for me that I wasn't expecting? God has plans for good for us in every situation. My wife, Jacinda, she spent uh, two years training in spiritual direction. And uh, I know that you may ask, well, what spiritual direction? As I often did over those two years as well. Uh, But one of the things I see Jacinda doing now with people a lot is helping them to discover what God is inviting them into in their situation. Not so much where how can we fix your situation, Like, what is God inviting you into in your situation? Because God, God loves us. He's so deeply invested in us and in who we are and who we're becoming. You know, when I hear someone say something like, I can't believe how unlucky I am. The last four jobs I've had, I've had a real mean boss and i have just quit because it's too mean. And then I get another mean boss. It's like four times I'm so unlucky. And I'm thinking oh, a little bit of a pattern here. Um, I'm thinking you know, we very gently suggest maybe that God has something he's wanting you to learn and you're just running from learning it. God has something good for us in every situation. I think so we're just having a look, a fresh look at Christmas this morning through the eyes of Joseph. And I think this is a real key for us. So God is with you. Whatever comes your way. God is for you. God is wanting good things for you, whatever the situation is. Now, just looking around this morning, I know that so many of you started off life in a different country. And we're so glad you're here now with us. Um, but in the journey of being here, I know so many of your stories and so many unexpected challenges. And yet, I love the stories of hearing how like, you can testify to the goodness of God in the, in the midst of it. Romans 8, 28 says this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. We can pop that up on the, um, on the slide there. Just, just let that sit there so that you know people can read it over the next uh, next few minutes. But you know when things don't turn out as you expect, God is with you and for you. When you make a mistake, God loves you, God is for you. When you are scared or confused or angry or hurt, God is with you. You know, we talked about Joseph being like, you know, just, you think about the situation, you can think like angry, disappointed, just sad. And the thing that the angel said in the dream, was like, don't be afraid. So there's, there's almost like a, a fair thing of stepping into some things, because like, there was the very real possibility, probability, of people knowing that Mary became pregnant before they got married. It's quite hard to tell when they got married, but um, in the in the journey, when you look at the timelines, some people say this, some people say that. But a very real possibility that um, there's some reputation challenges for Joseph in the midst of that. And the angel's saying, don't be afraid. If we let him, and if we are opening, open to hearing from God, God will speak to us, show us his plans for us, for us to grow, and good plans that he has for us to do. God will bring comfort, God will bring peace, God will bring wisdom, and God will lead you to life. For Joseph, like God's plans for Joseph were so different than what he expected. And it's so easy to look back and go, no, no, but it was all part of God's plan. Easy to look back and go, it was all part of God's plan. In the midst of it, it can be challenging. But, you know, Joseph. Going over, I, 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 I just like Joseph more and more. You know, because he he believed God. He took this dream, go like, you know, this is this. I believe this is God speaking. And I'm going to act on it. There's one thing to believe, another thing to like take action that has significant consequences, one way or the other. So, a lot of maturity, a lot of faith for a young men believed, and then obeyed. And when we respond to God's leading, and you got to know that it's very uh, rare that we're ever 100% sure when we're looking for God's leading, and he, we, we can be 90%, maybe 60%, just 60%, maybe you should still be doing it. I don't know. You've got to figure that out. But when, that, when we choose to believe and when we choose to obey, then we will see God's hands in our circumstances. And when we see, when we believe and obey and see God's hand, what happens? Our faith grows. You go, yes. And then, when our faith grows, we're more able to step into the next thing that God has for us. When you look at the story of Joseph. I know Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. We're doing the stories kind of around the birth of Jesus today. So Jesus was born. And we know that there were the Magi, the the wise men that came from the east, from a long way away. So Joseph is, is seeing these things happen. Just, um, just in case you're wondering when they got married and all this, we've got another wedding photo of uh, Joseph and Mary. Very fortunate to have these uh, photos. Um, very rare. Uh, but they head down to Bethlehem. You know, It's probably a, a three or four day journey uh, from Nazareth down to Bethlehem. Jesus is born. And that same day, shepherds just you know strangers from the field <laughs> come in and they go and they they say, we saw angels telling us that the savior was born and joseph's going like man this is this is a real thing this really is happening you get the wise men arriving from the east and they bow down and they worship this baby jesus and again joseph's going like man this is this really happened this is a real thing them expensive gifts. You're not saying his faith grew, but it needed to because soon after, after the Magi had left, Joseph has another dream. And this dream, the angel was saying, take this child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, because Herod is going to search for the child and try to kill him. Like The first thing was hard. Now you've got this teenage you know, dad, new dad, and a teenage mom and a baby. They're in northern Israel. Okay, you, I need you to head out of town big time, down south past Jerusalem, down past the Dead Sea, through the, through the Sinai Peninsula, into Egypt, knowing that there's some egomaniac leader from the country that is out trying to kill your son. And what does Joseph do? He's like, let's do it. Let's do it. He'd taken these steps of faith in the first place, seen God come through for him. His faith grew, and now the next step, it almost requires even more faith to like take your whole family out into a different culture, different languages, no job, nowhere to stay. And, uh, but his faith had grown. No guarantees when you step out in faith. And in Hebrews it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, assurance about what we do not see. But when we take these steps of faith, we learn that God can be trusted. And then it increases our faith and prepares us to take even bigger steps of faith. I love the stories of so many of you that have talked about these seasons where your faith has been been stretched and grown. joseph chooses to believe he chooses to obey they stayed in egypt for about two years again another dream okay it's time to go back home i mean these were two or three years in joseph and mary's life of tremendous challenge real trial and challenge but they got through them and you know joseph's life turned out okay We read that Mary, an amazing mother, they had at least four more sons, uh, at least two daughters. But you know, it's important to know, Joseph really was just a regular guy. Think like he's some kind of superstar man of God. He really is just a a regular guy. That first thing, you thought, oh man, I can't believe Mary, what you're saying. We're calling it off. But then he gets the the revelation from God. But just a regular guy. He's just uh, he had a trade as a carpenter, and yeah, can not trade? He's just the backbone of our community. Um, but he it wasn't a you know probably wasn't a, a a great leader or a teacher, you know. Is you know how I know that? It says that like in the scriptures, it says that people were surprised with Jesus. They are going like. How come he's so smart? Isn't that Joseph's son? <laughs> so they're looking at Joseph and like, you're okay, but like your son's really smart, but like, how do you get so smart, Joseph? Like, you know, you're okay, but Joseph was just a regular guy. God spoke to him and he believed and he obeyed. And you know, and life does have seasons doesn't it, where there are some real challenges. And we're grateful that they don't last for years and years and years, but boy, they're tough when we're in them. But God is with us in the interruptions. You know, when life the unpredictable things of life come us so along, like God is with us. We need to we need to just carry that in the midst of our situations. And that God has plans for us, plans for what He wants us to become, and also plans for what He wants us to do. That's gonna bring a blessing to others. So I just want to finish with this some questions for you to ponder over your Christmas break or this week or even this afternoon. You know, it's been a year where for so many of us our plans have been interrupted, disrupted, thrown away. There's some questions for you that I would encourage you to ask of God with an open heart. What is God inviting you into right now? thinking like everything's life is chaos like I I can't imagine he's inviting me into anything right now oh my strong suspicion is that he is inviting you into something right now another question to ask does God have fresh plans for you in this season as we saw with Joseph Joseph's plan calling the marriage off Jesus says I'm sorry God says no I've got fresh plans for you that's going to result in the birth of Jesus? And the third thing, what is God wanting to grow in you in your current difficult situation? If you want to grab those questions, take a photo of them with your phone. We'll leave them up there for the, um, for a while. Take them away and ponder these things. I'm going to be taking these away and pondering them over this season. Fresh look at Christmas through the eyes of Joseph. Just a regular guy. And I think that for so many of us, we feel like God won't really want to use me because I'm just a regular guy. Let me tell you this. God uses regular people to do extraordinary things. And I'm excited to you know, to see what they are ahead for all of us